Hey friends, how you doing there? Well, <laughs> welcome back to <coughs> to <coughs> what is it, Mesech the Tainus? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying the Lama Test of thirty nine, the thirty nine, the thirty nine of Mesech the Yevamis. Um, friends, well, the first part of the Daf, uh, we sort of wrap up the Mishnah from yesterday that talks about the Shomeris Yovam who um, gets an inheritance and how to uh, divide that up. And then we get to a new Mishnah, which talks once again about the mitzvah of uh, Yibum being with the uh, eldest brother. And then it gets into some interesting Gemaras. So uh, what do you want me to tell you? Friends, we're going to start on Daf Lamarches and Beis. Two lines from the, bio, from the bottom. Abaya Omar, Reisha the Nofala Kshihi, Shomeris Yovam, Sefer Dinoflula Kishehi Tachtov de Baal, Vuxover Bai Yodo Kiyodo. Wow, friends. Who could remind me what the Mishnah is talking about? The Mishnah had said that if you have this uh, Shomeris Yovam, right? You have Ruvain, Ruvain's married to Sare, uh, Ruvain dies, Shimon needs to do Yibum with Sare, of course. So now they haven't actually done Yibum, right? She's a Shomeris Yovam, she's awaiting Yibum. And then she gets an inheritance. So both Beit Shammai and Basil agree that she can do whatever she wants with it. She could sell it, she can give it away, do whatever she wants. Now, the Seif had said that if she uh, dies, so then there's a machlok, <laughs> excuse me, there's a machlok between Beit Shammai and Basil. Beit Shammai says that um, her family and Shimon divided up equally. And Basil says that, well, whoever's in possession of the property keeps it. Right, but the, but but, that, but that's it. There's no, there's nothing other than that. Whoever has the property keeps it. So now, it says Abaye. So Reisha Dunafulla Kishishu Meris Yovam. So the first part of the Mishnah is talking about <laughs> when she gets the inheritance, when she is awaiting Yibum, and she hasn't yet married uh, Shimon, and she gets this property, she can do whatever she wants with it. Sefer Dunafulla Kishitachtov De Baal. However, um, the Seifa, um, when it's talking about that she dies, so that is talking about when she has already done Yibum. No, I'm sorry, the Seifa is talking about when, when she gets the inheritance, when she is married to Ruvain still, right? So that's the Seifa, right? So again, so the Reisha, the first part of the Mishnah is talking about where she gets the inheritance um, after Ruvain dies and she hasn't yet done Yibum with Shimon and she gets this inheritance, so then she can do whatever she wants with it. However, the Seifa is talking about a situation where um, she had gotten this inheritance when she was still married to Reuven. Now, and it says, right, And Abai holds that when um, a woman is married, so she and her husband would have equal rights to that inheritance. And therefore, um, when they're married, they have equal rights, rights to that inheritance. But when Ruvain dies, and then Sara had not yet done Yibum with Shimon, all there was was a Zika between Sara and Shimon. So then, right, if, if when <clears throat> they're married, right, if when Ruvain and Sara were married, they had equal rights to that inheritance. Certainly then, when Ruvain dies, and Shimon hasn't yet done Yibum with Sara, so they're not married, all they have is a Zika between them, certainly then Shimon's hand is going to be weaker than Sarah's hand, and therefore he doesn't have, right, according to Basilo, he doesn't have equal rights to the inheritance, and therefore the inheritance remains 
in its possession. Whereas Beishamai disagrees and would say that no, when, when they are married, right, when Sari and Reuven are married, so then Reuven's, uh, right to the inheritance is stronger than Sari's. And when Reuven dies, and now Shimon has a Zika with Sari, but they haven't actually, um, done Yibum, so then while when they're married, his hand would be stronger than hers. But now that there's only a Zika between them, there it's an equal playing field. And therefore, Beishamai says that they would divide it up equally. So again, the Reisha is talking about when she uh, inherited this property when she was a Shomeris Yavim. And therefore, the property belongs to her. She could do whatever she wants with it. However, the Seifa, <coughs> the Seifa is talking about when she inherited the property when she was still married to Reuven. Now, According to Basila, when she was married to Reuven, so Reuven and Sarah had equal rights to that um, inheritance. Now when Reuven dies and, and, and Shimon only has a Zika with Sarah, so then his hand is weaker than Sarah's. And according to Basila, uh, whoever is in possession of the property keeps it, right? Shimon does not have any kind of uh, uh, equal right to it. Um, whereas Beishamai says that um, when Reuven and Sarah are married, Reuven's right is stronger than Sarah's, but when Reuven dies, uh, Shimon and Sarah have sort of an equal playing field through that Zika, and they would divide it up equally. Right? So let's start again. Let's read it again. Abai Omar says, Abai Reisha So the first part of the mission is talking about when she gets the inheritance, when she is uh, sort of awaiting Yibum with Shimon, and she can do whatever she wants with it. Seifa, Whereas the second part of the Mishnah, uh, where there's a machlogos between Beisham and Basil, is talking about when she inherited the property when she was still married to Reuven. And now Reuven dies, and there's a zika between Shimon and Sarah. Because Abayi says that when, um, that really according to Basil, which of course we Paskin like, when Sarah and Reuven were married, so they had equal rights to um, that property and to the inheritance. And now when Ruvain is dead, so then there's, and there's only a Zika between Shimon and Sarah. So she has a stronger right than he does. And the property just remains wherever they are right now. He does not have a right to chap half of it. Amalei Rave. Rave says to Abai, Says Rave, he disagrees with Abai. Abaye had said that when Reuven and Sarah were married, so they had equal rights to this inheritance. Says Rava, not so. Everyone agrees, both Beisham and Basila would agree, that if um, um, Sarah got this inheritance when she was married to Reuven, that Reuven's claim would be stronger to it, that the husband's claim would be stronger to it. And therefore, when Reuven dies and there's now a Zika with, between Shimon and Sarah, which is Kilu, a step down from actual marriage. So then it's an even playing field. And even Basil would agree that they would divide it equally. So again, Amalei Rav, Rav says to Abaye, If she got this inheritance when she was still married to Reuven, both Beisham and Basil would agree that when they're married, uh, Ruvain's uh, hand is stronger than Sarah's. He has a stronger right to the claim to the inheritance. Ella, um, and um, therefore, through the Z, when he dies and there's a Ziga between Shimon, it would be equal. Ella, So rather, says Abai, says Rave, both the Reisha and the Seifa are talking about when Ruvain has already died and she hasn't yet done Yibum with Shimon. But in the first part of the Mishnah, 
Ruv, uh, Shimon had not yet done mimer, had not yet given her kiddushin money, um, when she inherited this uh, uh, inheritance, and therefore she could do whatever she wants with it. Right? There was no mimer or anything between her and Shimon. She could do whatever she wants with it. Seifa, whereas in the Seifa, when uh, Beishamai says that they divided up equally, the ba mimer. That is talking about um, where he had already done mimer at the time that that she received the inheritance because of Rav and Rav holds mimer the Beishamai. Osevada Yerusa, that Peshamai holds that once Shimon has already done Mimer, so then it makes her like a, like, like a, like an engaged woman. Vesafik Nisua, and like a Suffolk marriage situation. Vada Yerusa, Lidchos Betzare, when we say that it makes her considered to be engaged to Shimon, that means to the extent that, um, if you have a situation with like, you know, Ruven is married to Sara, Shimon's married to, um, Rifke, and then there's like Levi, and then, um, actually, do you even need Levi? Probably don't even need Levi, right? But if, um, no, 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 actually, I think you do need Levi. Yeah, so if like Ruvain dies, and then uh, Levi does Mimer with Sare, so now Sh- uh, Levi, and then I guess Shimon dies, so Levi would be also to the Sare of uh, Rifke, because she's the sister of Sare, who he had done mimer with, okay, and then v'safik nesu lachlok b'nechasim, and she, he's, it's like a, a suffolk marriage lachlok b'nechasim um, to the extent that they divide up the property equally. So that is what mimer does. That's why Beishamai says that that um, um, that uh, her family and him div- and, and Shimon divided the state equally because he had already done mimer. Um, Alright. So it was stated in the name of Rabbi Lazar, um, in, in support of Rafa, and it was stated in, in the name of Rabbi Yossi Bibchanina in support of Abaye. Um, would Rabbi Lazar really state, um, uh, be, be supporting, um, would Rabbi Lazar really be supporting Rafa? But Rebelazer, all Rebelazer says is that Mimer, according to Beishamai, is only Kona in order to be Docha the Tsar, right? So that Levi wouldn't be able to do Yibum with the, the Tsar of Rivka. Meaning, Rave had explained that according to Beishamai, Mimer is Docha the Tsar and also enables them to inherit uh, equally, right? That Shimon would inherit equally. With uh, Sarah's family. Now, Rebelazar only points out that Mimer, according to Beishamai, is that uh, it's Docha the Tsar, but doesn't say anything about the inheritance. So, how could it be that Rebelazar is like Rava Seipo? So, Umar says, all right, flip it around. Rather say that Rebelazar is like Abai and Rebelazar Mubchanin is like Rava Bibai. Same if you want to say the Olam Lo Really don't flip it around. And really, Rebelazar is like Rava. Amulach Rebelazar, Rebelazar would say, Ki Amri Ono, to lo sagi lo beget, el deboin Amri Chalitza. Look, when I say that Maimur, according to Beishamai, it's only Doche B'Tzara, meaning the point is that all it does is to say that Levi can't do Yibum with the Tzara of Rivkebit, but if, and if they wanted to do, um, you know, but, but they still need to do Chalitza. 
But Ibn uh, Khasim Dilokani Miami, but I didn't say anything about um, about the uh, about the property, right? And therefore, Mimer, when it comes to right according to Beishame, right, Rabbi Loza would say that I agree with Rabbi's this sentiment, which is that Mimer uh, enables uh, Shimon to divide up in right uh, to get an equal share in the property. So Rabbi Loza can argue that he agrees with Rabbi Loza. Um, Rabbi Lozer can argue that he agrees with Rave that according to Beishamai, um, yes, Mimer would um, make um, 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 Levi also to do um, y- uh, Yibum with the Tzara of Rivka, but also that um, Shimon could divide up in the property uh, with Sarah's family. Omer Says Rav Papa, do you could masnisin Says Rav Papa that you can infer from our Mishnah like Abaye. Mesa, and even though we have a question about the fact that she, uh, that in the Sefer we say that Davke Sarah died, the Katani, as the Mishnah says, Nechasim and Nechnasim Viyotzim Ima, that it refers to the property that comes in and out of the marriage with her, meaning. Um, what did Abaye say? Abaye had said that the Sefer, that the second part of the Mishnah is Davka talking about when, um, the second part of the Mishnah is Davka talking about when she inherited the property when she was still married to Reuven. Now, if we look at the Mishnah, so what does it say? It says, that the property that comes in and out with her, so my Nichnosin, Umayotsin, what does it mean to come in, to come out? The issues of, or doesn't it mean property that comes into the um, um, uh, possession of the husband and then leaves from the possession of the husband and goes to the father? So we see that apparently it's talking about property that she inherited when she was still married to Reuven. But I forgot the Kasha Mesa when it says that even though there's a question about Mesa, so it means, Yeah, the Kasha against. Uh, the, right, the question against this is that, well, why do you have to be arguing about the actual property after death? Why can't you even be arguing about the um, fruits of that property and while she's still alive, right? In terms of being, uh, you know, dividing up with the estate of the, uh, of, uh, right, with um, Sarah's estate, right? Meaning if she got this inheritance when, when, when she's married to, Reuven. So we're saying that then she dies and we're trying to figure out. Bishami says that um, her family divides up with uh, with Shimon and Basil says that everything stays where they are. But why does the Dafka have to be when she dies? It could even be that it's talking about when she's still alive. And the question is in terms of what to do with the uh, fruits of this property. Who has the rights to the fruits? So that is the question about uh, on that. And, 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 and that is that. Meaning that um, we could say that, you know, like, um, right, the, like Rapop is saying, that there's an inference from our Mishnah that it's taka like Abai and that it's referencing um, the uh, possession of Ruvain, the husband. And we have this kasha about, how, you know, how come a dafka needs to be after she died? Maybe this machlokas could, could, could be equally relevant even when she's alive but with regard to who gets the chaparain, the fruits. Konsarei. Uh, now the Mishnah had said at the end of the Mishnah that once they get married, so the right once they do yibum, so then it's like they're just a regular married couple. 
What's, what do you, so what's the nafkamina? That we're saying that once they do yibam, then they're just like a regular married couple. So it says Rabbi Yosef Abchanino, well, it means that they're like a regular married couple and that if they need, now want to break up the marriage, so then they, they need to get like a regular marriage. And if they then want to get remarried, that's also fine, like a regular marriage. So the Gemara says, well, isn't it obvious that once they do yibum and they want to break it off, so they need a get? Well, I may have thought to say, I may have thought to say that, um, that, that, that Shimon marries, uh, uh and he does yibum with her. I might think that even once they do yibum, it says that still there are certain aspects of yibum to the extent that if they want to break it off, they wouldn't use a get, they would use chalitza. So, kamash malon. So, therefore, what uh, Rabbi Yosef B'chanin is teaching that no, don't say that uh, they break it off with chalitza. Rather, they would need a get machzira pshita. And when it says that, okay, and if they get divorced, they can get remarried. Isn't that obvious? Well, sagadat hachamina. I may have thought mitzvah drami rachmana ali avdo has to take him ali biser eishes och. Well, I may have thought to say, look, when Ruvain died, so then there was a right. Generally speaking, Shimon would be also, of course, to sorry because it's eishes och. She was married to his brother. However, um, when Ruven dies, so in the context of Yibum, so Shimon can marry Sarah. But if they get divorced, so Zel, the mitzvah was already done. The mitzvahs, you know, came and went. They then got divorced. So at this point, they can't get married anymore. It's no longer Yibum. It's just simply Eishazoch. So, Kamash Malon, therefore, what, 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 what Rabbi Yosef Abchanina is saying that, um, no, even, no, it's right, they're, they're considered like a regular married couple, and even if they get divorced, they can get remarried. To which the Gemara says, wait, but that, maybe that's actually a good point. Maybe that's actually a good point. Maybe, um, in the context of Yibum, Shimon is allowed to marry Sar, but once they get divorced, Yibum's gone, and they can't get remarried. It's Eishasach. So, Amakavalakha Loli Isha. No, um, Shimon will take her as a wife, Kevin Shalakha. No, once they get married, then they are like they're a married couple in every respect, and if they get divorced, they can get remarried. The Mishnah then finished off by saying, that her ksuba should be from the property of uh, Ruven, of her initial husband. So now says the Gemari, um, my time, how come? Well, I mean, Shimon wasn't planning to marry Sarah. Uh, you know, the circumstances uh, dictated that all of a sudden Shimon marries Sarah. Ruvain died. Now Shimon marries Sarah, but he wasn't necessarily planning on it. The, uh, and therefore, you know, he can argue like, why should I be responsible for the Ksuba? I wasn't planning to marry Sarah. The Torah says that I need to marry Sarah, so I need to marry Sarah, but why should I, why should I be responsible for the Ksuba? The Leisla Min Arishin Takinula Misheni. But if there is no property, to pay the ksuba from Ruven, well then, yes, uh, Shimon will be responsible for ksuba, so that it won't be easy for him to simply um, uh, divorce her, right? Meaning, you, right, the, right, part of the ksuba is that, well, if you get divorced, then there's a payment that you have to make to her, and therefore, um, you know, it's sort of a, what's it called? A, um, what's that thing called? A deterrent, 
right? If there was no ksuba payment, if he was just off the hook, he could just, you know, divorce Sarah and, and the, and that's it. Go on with his life. But by, um, by, by making sure that there is sort of financial implications of getting divorced, so then, you know, you won't, you won't just, you won't just divorce her on a whim. You know, rather, they're enough communists and therefore, um, if there was no money from Ruvain's estate to be able to afford to pay for Aksuba, so then Shimon is responsible to pay for it, to make sure that he, that, uh, he, he'll think twice before simply divorcing Sarah. Alright, now we get to a new Mishnah. Mitzvah begodol liyabim. Alright, as we've seen before on Daf uh, Chavdalib. So it says that there's a mitzvah for the eldest to do yibum. So if the oldest doesn't want to do yibum, so then we go to <coughs> excuse me, it's the next brother. Right? We go to each of the brothers. So and if none of the brothers want to do yibum, so then they go back to the eldest brother and they say, look, brother, uh, look. You know, the mitzvah is on you, right? As we said, Bahoya Bechor Asher Yeh So, right, and we said that the mitzvah is with the Bechor. So, the, you know, if none of the brothers wanted to do Yibum, so we go back to the elders and we say, Look, brother, Alecha mitzvah, the mitzvah is upon you. Ochalot, so Yabim, look, either do Yibum or do Chalitza. Tala Bekoinachiagdil, if they said, Wait, well, we have a brother who is a minor. Why don't we just wait until he becomes big? Maybe, <laughs> maybe Delta's brother is out <laughs> traveling someplace. So they say, well, why don't we wait until he comes back and then we'll ask him. Or maybe there was a brother that say that's deaf or, or uh, dumb. No, we don't listen. We just say to the, you know, the brothers that are there, we say to the oldest one that's there, we say, look, don't play any games. Make a decision. Yibum or Chalitza. Says the Gemara, Itmar. Ustaka stated, Bias koin vachalitza's godl. Ua. So if there's an option between, you know, the, the, the oldest brother, he's like, look, I'm not doing Yibum, but I'll do Chalitza. And you have a younger brother who's saying, I'll do Yibum. So, Pligibar Biochlin for Yeshua ben Levi. So one opinion is that look, if you know if if the younger brother wants to do yibum, so that's preferable. Yibum is preferable. Whereas the other opinion is that no, the oldest brother is preferable, even if it, even if it's just chalitza. Man the amr biaskoin adifa to amitzvah biyibum. So the um, opinion who says that it's better for the younger brother to do yibum is because the mitzvah is to do yibum, right? We want to keep the brother, right, right, the name of the deceased brother alive. You're not going to do that with chalitza. So therefore, better, you know, if you have, if you have the younger brother who's willing to do yibum, so that's better. And according to the opinion who says that the chalitza of the older one is better, right? That, uh, you know, stick with the, old, the, the oldest brother, even if it's just chalitza. Because in place of the of the eldest brother, so then uh, the yibum of the younger child is 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 irrelevant. So if you have the older brother who's willing to get involved, even if it's just chalitza, that is <coughs> preferable. Tanan, we learn in our Mishnah. 
that if the elder brother is not interested in doing Yibum, so then we go to the next brother, my lab. What does that mean? He doesn't, he's not interested. Well, I'll explain what it means is that the older brother doesn't want to do Yibum, but he's down to do Chalitza, right? When it says Lo Ratzah, he's not interested. It means he's not interested in doing Yibum, but he's down to do Chalitza, Vikatani Machin, Itzel Achin. And yet, the Mishnah still, still says, what do we do in this case when he doesn't want to do Yibum, but, but the oldest brother is willing to do Chalitza? We go to the next brother, Shmamina, Biasko, Nadifa. So, we see then clearly that even though the eldest brother was willing to do Chalitza, we still figured, let's see, maybe the younger brother wants to do Yibum. So we see that the younger brother doing Yibum is preferable to the older brother doing Chalitza. No, that's not true. No, it means if the older brother was not <laughs> interested at all, wasn't interested in Yibum, wasn't interested in Chalitza, so then we go to the next brother. That, that is similar by the other brothers, Lorotsu, that if the other brothers don't want to do uh, Chalitza or Yibum, um, Amai Chosim Eitzel Hagadol. I'm sorry. So, 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 Frek the Gemara. Wait, I lost it. The Kavosa Gabi Achin Loratzu Lo Lachlos Liabim. One second. So, if we're saying that the eldest brother was not interested in doing Gibum and was not interested in doing Chalitza, and then I guess they asked the next brother, and the next brother also was not interested in doing Gibum or Chalitza. Nobody was doing was interested in taking any part in this process, right, so well then why would we go back to the eldest brother if he already said that he's not interested so the answer is well, to force him to do Yibum or Chalitza well, why don't you force them well, because since the mitzvah is preferable to do with the eldest brother so he's the one that they go back and force to do it Says the Gemara, it's not. We learn in our Mishnah, Tolib Bikotin Ad Shiyagdil in Shomenlo. So if you, um, right, if, 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 if they say, well, we have this younger brother who's still a minor, why don't we wait to see if when he gets older, maybe he'll be interested in doing Gibum or Chalitza. So we say, ain't Shomenlo. We don't, we don't, we don't, uh, listen. Oh, friends, you hear the kasha? According to the opinion who says that the yibum of the younger brother is preferable to the chalitza of the older brother, well then how can we simply dismiss the option of waiting for the minor brother to become older and maybe he'll be interested in doing yibum? After all, if Yibum of the younger brother is preferable to the Chalitz of the older brother, so why not wait for this minor to, be, to come of age? And maybe then he'll want to do Yibum. So from the fact that we ignore that option, it must be, it must be Mamele that that is not a good option. The younger brother doing Yibum is not a good option. Um, the younger brother doing Yibum is, 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 the, is, is not the preferred option. So, <laughs> the time of Tush says, well, that's not exactly a proof to say that the Chalitza of the Godel is preferable because after all, the Mishnah also said that if they suggest waiting for the eldest brother to come back from his trip, that also we don't listen. Am I? But why not? 
But shouldn't we wait? You know, if we're saying that the chalitza of the gadol is preferable, so why don't we wait until he comes back? Because maybe he'll be, he'll be, he'll, he'll want to do chalitza. No, rather, the reason why we don't wait for the older brother to come back home or for the younger brother to, right, for the minor brother to come of age is because we don't want to wait for the mitzvah. And therefore, we say, look, we're not waiting for the minor brother to come of age. We're not waiting for the older brother to come back from his trip. Whoever's here, somebody, you know, do, do yibum, do chalitza. If nobody wants to do it, then let's take the oldest of the pack and he'll do either yibum or chalitza. Says the Gemara, Easter Amri. So those who talk understand the machlokas like this. Look, everyone agrees that if the younger brother is willing to do yibum, that's preferable, right? We want to keep the the right Ruvain's name going. So therefore, everyone agrees that if the younger brother is 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 willing to do yibum, so 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 that's that's ideal. Right. Well, no, ideal would be for the oldest brother to want to do Yibam, but, you know, if the oldest brother doesn't want to do Yibam, but the younger brother does, Givaldi. Kiplige, this machloka says, Bichalitza's cotton. Regarding <laughs> the, <laughs> the chalitza of the younger brother. What does that mean? Vachiyitma, this is how it's stated. Chalitza's cotton, Bichalitza's gadol. Well, what if the older brother <laughs> is willing to, <laughs> uh oh, what if the older brother is willing to do chalitza? Nobody's nobody's interested in doing gibum. But if the oldest brother, if the older brother is is, is open to doing chalitza, but so is the younger brother. So pligi, this is where they argue. Pligi bar biyochan v'bishuv and levis. Machlokus biyochan v'bishuv and levis. Had Omar chalitzas gadol adifa. So one opinion is: Look, it's preferable. You know, if, if the older brother and the younger brother are both willing to do chalitza, so preference goes to the older brother. Had Omar kedolinin. Whereas the other opinion is that. No, the Maise, it doesn't matter if the older brother does chalitza or the younger brother. So the opinion, which is that it's preferable for the older brother to do chalitza, well, that's because uh, the mitzvah is with the older brother. So whether it's even, whether it's chalitza, it's preferable for the older brother to do it. Whereas the other opinion is, is, look, when we say that it's preferred for the Gadol to do it, that's to do Yibum. But already if nobody's doing Yibum, and the Gadol is willing to do Yibum, the Cotton's willing to do, I'm sorry, Gadol is, is, is willing to do Chalitza, the younger one's willing to do Chalitza. So in that case, it doesn't really matter if it's the older one or the younger one, because the older one is only preferred when it comes to Yibum. Once nobody's interested in doing Yibum, so then it doesn't matter if it's the older one or the younger one. It's not, we learn in our Mishnah, that if none of the brothers were interested, so they go back to the oldest one. Now, my lab, so the Gemara wants to say, what, it means that no, what does it mean that nobody's interested? It means that none of the brothers were interested in doing Yibam. Everybody was only interested in doing Chalitza. And it says, and, who, and if nobody's interested in doing Yibam, everybody's only interested in doing Chalitza, what do you do? You go back to the Eldest brother, Liab, um, where am I? You go back to the eldest brother, Bishmamina, Chalitza's Gadol Adifa. So we see that if nobody's interested in doing Gibum, but everyone's willing to do Chalitza, we go to the oldest brother. So what do we see? We see that apparently there's a preference for the oldest brother to do Chalitza. Lo, not true. Lo Ratsu lo Lachlos lo Liabim. It means that they were, nobody was interested in doing anything. Not Yibum, not Chalitza. Wait, so is, is, does that mean that, so you're saying that nobody wants to do Yibam or Chalitza, not even the oldest brothers? So then why, 
So then why go back to the eldest brother if he's not interested in doing either Yibim or Chalitza? So the Gemara says, well, to force him. Why don't you force the other brothers? Well, since ultimately the mitzvah of Yibim falls upon the older brother, so we force him, right? We go back to him and we force him to do Chalitza if nobody's interested in doing Yibim. Toshma, come in here. Our Mishnah had said that if the brothers say, wait, our eldest brother is um, out on a trip, why don't we wait until he comes back? We say that, um, no, we don't listen. But if it enters your mind to say that the chalitza of the eldest brother is preferred, well, then why don't we listen? Ninter Dilma Asi Vachalitz. Why don't you just wait until the eldest brother comes back? Because maybe he'll be willing to do, maybe he'll be interested in doing Chalitza, in which case, uh, that would be preferred. So from the fact that we say that we don't listen, clearly means that there isn't a preference for the eldest one to do Chalitza, the Taimich. But according to that reasoning, when we say that, yeah, but also the inverse is the same in that if you have this child who's a minor and they say, well, why don't we wait until he becomes old enough? And then maybe he'll be willing to do, right? Am I Right? Shouldn't right? So so we say that if there's a child who's a minor and they say, why don't we wait until he becomes of age? We say that we don't listen there either. But why not? Maybe when he becomes of age, he'll be willing to do Yibum. mitzvah lo No. So the point is that that we just don't want to wait. Right? You can't bring a right meaning. We want to bring a proof from the fact that we said that we don't wait for the oldest brother to come back on a trip. Then that then that seems to mean that clearly there's no preference in the oldest brother doing gibum, uh, doing chalitza, which we say that's not necessarily true because also we say that for the younger brother, right, for a brother who's a minor, we don't wait for him to get older, but maybe he'd be willing to do gibum, which is the best. So the Gemara says, no, it's a different thing at play over here, which is that we don't want to wait unnecessarily. So rather. If the eldest brother is on a trip or if the younger bro- the youngest brother is a minor, forget about it. Just let's make a decision based on who we have available now. Says the Gemara, it's not awesome. So we talk, uh, have a Mishnah in Ksubis uh, Bechorus. Mitzvah Zibim Kodamus Mitzvah Chalitza. So the Mishnah says that, look, it's preferable to do Yibim rather than Chalitza. Now it says in the Mishnah, So initially, when Shimon would do Yibum, so he, you know, once upon a time, back in the day, so if Shimon was doing Yibum with Sarah, it was the Shem Mitzvah. It was with pure intention to do a Mitzvah. But nowadays, Shimon doesn't really have Pure intentions. Who knows what his intentions are, but it's not simply just to fulfill the mitzvah. So they said, look, nowadays it's preferable to do chalitza uh, rather than yibum. Amur Rab says, Rab, in Kofin, but we don't force you to do chalitza. Right? I mean, now, I don't know what I just said, but nowadays it's preferable to do chalitza rather than yibum. But says, Rab, we don't force you to do chalitza. Kiosu the Kamid Rab, when they came before Rab, Amru, he said to them, Iboyis chalots, Iboyis yabim. Look, if you want to do chalisa, great. If you want to do yibum, you can do that as well. Bedidach talerachmano, it's up to you. Vim lo yachpotz aish. If, 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 you know, if you're not interested, then you don't need to do yibum. Oim chofetz, Iboyis chalots, Iboyis yabim. 
But if you're interested in doing Yibam, you know, up to you. Do Chalitza, do Yibam, it's up to you. Vafar Vyuda Savar in Kofin. And Vyuda also held like his Rebbe Rav, that we don't force you to do Chalitza. Mida asking of Yehuda, Begita de Chalitza, from the fact that of Yehuda, um, you know, put into the, 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 the Chalitza document, Eich Plonis Bas Ploni, how, um, sorry, Akavas Yas Ploni Yivama brought Shimon, Kadmona Levedina to the Bezdin, Ve'ishtamoda Inu Da'achva de Misna Me'abaniu, and we know that Shimon is Ruvain's brother, they're both sons of Yaakov, Ve'amrile, Itzovis Li'abim Yabim, and we said to Shimon, look, if you want to do Yibum, you could do Yibum, Ve'ilo, Itla Loraglich Di'imino, and if not, then extend your right leg, Ve'itla lo. And uh, Shimon then extended his right leg to Sare Ragla Diamina's right leg, the Sharas Sine Me'ara Glowy, and uh, Sare then removed uh, Shimon's uh, shoe from his foot, the Yarkas Banpoi Roko, and then she spit before him onto the ground, spit that was visible to the uh, Bezdin. Al Ara onto the ground. Um, and Rav Chia Bar Avia would then conclude in the name of Rav Yehuda. And we um, read that which was said in the Torah. That we caused them to uh, read, to recite that which was said in the Torah. Okay. Ishtemoda Inu. So now says the Gemara, when it says that we know that Shimon is the brother of Ruvain, the deceased. So it's Machlokos between Ravach and Ravina. One uh, opinion is that you need witnesses to testify that Shimon is in fact Ruvain's brother. The other opinion is that no, it can even be a relative, it could be a woman, people who generally don't give testimony. And says the Gemara that the is that Lemaise, we view this not as a testimony, but simply um, just, um, you know, revealing um, and confirming that Shimon is in fact Ruvain's brother, and therefore it could be a relative, it could be a woman, people who don't normally give testimony um, would be acceptable um, to uh, say that Shimon is in fact Ruvain's brother. Says the Gemara Barishona initially, initially when Shimon would do Yibum with Sarah, so he had intention to do the mitzvah of Yibum. Mitzvah Yibum Kodemus. So therefore, <coughs> the mitzvah of Yibum was preferable to Chalitza. Right? Kodemus the mitzvah is Chalitza. So Yibum was preferable to Chalitza. But however, nowadays, Shem is the Shem mitzvah, where Shimon is not doing Yibum with Sarah with the intention of doing a mitzvah properly, the mitzvah of Yibum. Amru, they said better to do chalitza rather than yibum. says that actually, right, in the name that actually they then reversed the perspective and they say that nowadays actually yibum is preferable to chalitza. Omar I don't understand what have the generations 
gotten better, more kosher? I don't understand. We said that there used to be a situation with the yibum not being done with the proper intention. And now you're saying that it was restored to being uh, the, 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 the preferred method? What, have we gotten better? So, we say no. It's simply, initially they thought to hold like Abashol, but in the end they hold like the rabbis. The Tanya, as we learn in the Bible, Abashol Omer, says Abashol, that if Shimon does even with Sarah because he, uh, you know, is attracted to her or he wants to marry her, or for some ulterior motive, it's as if he is, um, you know, being with a, with somebody with a forbidden relationship. And I'm so close to assuming that any child that they have together would be a mamzer. That is Abishol's opinion. Whereas the Chachamim say that no, the pasuk says mikomakum, and that could be in a, in any event. So meaning, Abishol says that um, it's a big problem if Shimon is doing yibum with Sar for ulterior motives, and therefore, so initially they thought to say like Abishol, and therefore they said better to do chalitza. But the rabbis argue and say no, look, if you do yibum, you do yibum, whatever your motives are. And therefore, that's why they ended up saying, you know what, even nowadays, Yibum is preferable because, you know, regardless of what your motives are, uh, Yibum is Yibum. It says the Gemara, Mantana Ladutana Rabbanan, who is the author of the following Brice, Yavamayavu Alel, that when it says that, um, that Shimon does Yibum with Sar, Mitzvah Shabbatrilo, so Mitzvah, it's a Mitzvah Shabbatrilo, Hoysa Olav Bichlal Heter, that initially, Shimon was permitted to Sarah, right? Meaning before Sarah married Reuven, Shimon could have married Sarah, but Nesra. But then when Shimon's brother Reuven married Sarah, so then he's not allowed to marry Sarah because of Eishasach. Um, but now once again, because Reuven died, because of Yibum, she now becomes permissible to Shimon. Yachol Tachzu Latera Rishon is it possible that she goes back to her initial permitted status, status like before she married Reuven? Well, it says, and it's a mitzvah. So what does that mean? So, Mantana, who's author of this b'raith? So, it says that the author of this b'raith is Abashol. And this is how, this is how you, to make sense of this b'raith. Are you ready? So, it says that there's this mitzvah of Yibum. That initially, before Reuven married Sarah, Shimon could have married Sarah. He could marry her for whatever, right? Before Reuven married Sarah, Shimon could have married Sarah for whatever reason. He's attracted to her, whatever it might be. But Nesra. But then Reuven married Sarah. So Shimon now is also to marry Sarah because of Eishes Ach. Chazra Vihutra. But then when Ruvain dies, Shimon is now permitted to marry uh, Sarah. Is it possible that Shimamish goes back to her initial permitted status that Shimon could marry Sarah for whatever reason he wants, even just because he's simply attracted to her? No, it says that, um, that Shimon will do Yibim with Sarah with intention for it, Davka being a mitzvah. Whereas Rav says, look, you can even understand the b'risa according to the rabbis. This is how to understand it. That when it says that 
Shimon does Yibum with Sarah, it's the mitzvah of Yibum. Shabbatchilo Isa Bechlal Heter, that initially Shimon could have married Sarah before she married, right? Before Reuben and Sarah got married, Shimon could have technically married Sarah. Ratsa Konsa, Ratsa Eno Konsa. If he wanted to, he can marry her. If he wanted to, he doesn't have to marry Nesra. But then, Reuven married Sar. So now she's also to Shimon because of Eshesach. But then, when Reuven died, she becomes permitted to Shimon once again. Is it possible that she goes back to the original, to her initial permitted state? That if he wants to marry her, if he doesn't want to, he doesn't have to marry her. What do you mean, Ratz Einu Konsa? What do you mean, if he, if he does, doesn't need to marry her? Agida Bey. Bechdi Teipuk? What do you mean? They, they, they have Yibum. Right? What? Just, they're just going to not do Yibum for no reason? Halema Ratz Konsa, Ratz Cholaitzla. Rather, no. If he wants to, he can do Yibum. If he wants to, he can do Chalitza. Tamalomu Yivamo, Yavo Alea, Mitzvah. So we say that Davke, um, um, no, that Yivamo Yavo that it's Davka a mitzvah. That there's a mitzvah to do Yibum for whatever reason and therefore it's preferable to do Yibum, right? So meaning initially, before Ruven married Sare Shimin, if you wanted to, he could have done, uh, he could have married her, could have not married her, right? Then Ruven marries her, marries Sare and Shimon cannot marry Sare. Ruven dies without children. So, he could do Yibum, he could do Chalitza, but we say Yivam, Mitzvah. It's preferable to do Yibum for whatever reason. Friends, that was Daf Lamites of Misechte Yivamis. The first part of the Daf, we saw Machlokas between Abai and Rava, how to understand the Mishnah from yesterday when um, um, Sarah is a Shomeris Yavam and she gets an inheritance. Abai says, that the way to understand the ratio is talking about that she got the inheritance when she's a Shomeris Yavim. The Sefer is talking about when she got her inheritance when she was married to Reuven. Rova disagrees and says that both of them are talking about when she got the inheritance when she was a Shomeris Yavim. However, in the ratio, she got the inheritance before Shimon had done Mimer. And therefore, it's all hers. She could do whatever she wants with it. Whereas the Sefer is talking about when she got her inheritance um, after Shimon had done Mimer with Sarah. And therefore... Um, according to Beishamai, they would be able, right? They they divide it in half when she dies, right? Her 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 family and Shimon. And um, the Mishnah had said that once you do yibum, so then uh, your mom is considered married to the extent that if you want to break up the marriage, you need a divorce, and that they're allowed to get remarried once again. We then got to a Mishnah, um, which discussed once again the mitzvah to that uh, the oldest brother should do yibum we then um had two way right we had we had asked two questions the first one is well well, well really we have machlokas between rabbi yochanan and uh, rabbi shuab and levi um, so the first way to understand the machlokas between rabbi yochanan and rabbi shuab and levi is uh, what happens in a situation where the older brother is willing to do chalitza but the younger brother is willing to do yibum one opinion, opinion is that, well, Yibum is preferred and uh, the younger brother should do Yibum. The other opinion is that, no, the older brother is preferred and the older brother should do Chalitza. There's another way to understand the um, um, the Machlokas, which is that everyone agrees that if the younger brother is willing to do Yibum, so then that would be preferred because Yibum is preferable to Chalitza. What about a situation when nobody's willing to do Yibum, but everybody's willing to do Chalitza? One opinion is that so. It's a mitzvah, so let the eldest brother do Chalitza. 
The other opinion is that no, the mitzvah is to do yibum. Once already they're not doing yibum, so then it doesn't really matter who's going to do the chalitza. We then saw machlokas between Abu Shaul and the Chachamim about what do you do nowadays? Nowadays, is it preferable to do chalitza over yibum or not? Abu Shaul says yes, it's preferable to do um, chalitza over yibum because, you know, people are, are doing yibum for ulterior motives and it's not good. Whereas the Chachamim say no, it's a mitzvah to do um, yibum. That that will always be preferred. Friends, that was Daf Lamitesa Mesechti Ivamos. Hope you enjoyed. Peace out.